Welcome to Morning Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. Morning Devotion family. Welcome to this Monday, May 31. Month of May is almost over. And of course, we honor our fallen soldiers, airmen, sailors on this pivotal Memorial Day. Today, we remember. Don, I saw you first up today and it's so good to have you. Sue, it's good to see you. James, Here in the United States, this is a day that we honor those who gave the last true full measure of devotion to purchase our freedom to worship freely. We still have that freedom, at least for now, and it's one to be celebrated. As we gather together, this MD family, we want to reflect, we want to recall, we want to We want to remember those who gave themselves so willing. It's not the distant past either. Our own fellow member of the MD family, Brother Larry Williamson, president, founder of Reach Out America, just this last summer lost his grandson, private first class Evan Bath, 19 years of age, off the coast of San Clemente Island in an assault and amphibious vehicle training incident. More on the loss of that young man with that family, so many others. We remember. Once there were giants. That is the subject of today's. And I can't think of a, a, a better subject for this Memorial Day. Once there were giants. So thank you for being a part of it, Jacqueline. It's good to see you, Francisca, George, and Nancy. Thank you for being a part of this and making the MD family something incredibly memorable during this season of our lives. Today we remember, not because we're given a special day even to remember this particular thing, but we remember those in this last year that have been lost to an illness we still don't understand. Those left behind, those of you here grieving, dear saints of God that have gone on to their reward, ministers of the gospel that have stepped into a new realm, missionaries. I, I think of the missionaries associated with our church, Brother Robert Frizzell, Thailand, other areas of Southeast Asia, Sister Darla McLean, 
veteran missionary in Nigeria, West Africa. I Maybe we could do something here. Maybe we could form our own memorial wall this morning. Take a moment and remember those that have fallen amongst us. Of course, those killed in action in the service of our country. Would you just leave a name or initial people that you know? Maybe there's loved ones, loved ones that have passed on to their reward in this last year, people that you know in your church family. It would be good. It would be good to take a moment, write their names, their initials, whatever you deem appropriate, just to remember. A great, the greatest gift we can give to the fallen is to remember and draw strength from their lives. So thank you. Thank you, Roy, Bobby, for being a part of this. And thank you for forming our memorial wall of people we want to remember. And especially those, can I just say, those who meant something in your life, who invested themselves to you. Let this memorial wall grow. Share with others today. And I believe it'll be an encouragement. We need to take the time to do this. We need to process this year, especially that we've been through in this season of our nation's history. Once there were giants. I um, I was studying. I was studying for the message I preached yesterday. And I, I spoke out of Isaiah 2 and the great reversal, a threefold reversal of curses that had been placed on this earth early in the early chapters of Genesis. And there's reading of those great reversals. The, but they all came from the, the curses came from early chapters of Genesis, the curse of killing, uh, the curse of confusion, the curse of scattering. And, and while I was reading that passage, those passages in Genesis, I came upon one of those verses from that strange pre-flood world in Genesis. And that verse just, it just leapt off the page. And I want to talk to you about it today. Genesis 6, 4, there were giants in the earth in those days. The Bible contains a lot of detail of giants. I mean, if you read the, if you read the Bible, you're going to read a lot of giants. In Genesis 14, there were four types of giants, the Amorites, mentioned here in 80 times in the Bible. They're descendants of Canaan, described as the height of cedars and had the strength of oaks. We find that in Amos 2. The, the second type of giant, the Amim, they're called great numerous and, and as tall as the Anakim. And then number three, the Zuzim appeared to live in Ammon. They were a land of giants. And as I've already mentioned before, the Anakim, that's number four, found in, found in several passages of the Bible. The most famous being Goliath, six cubits in a span, something like 10 feet tall. The Rephaim, we, we read about them throughout the Bible, outside of that one chapter in Genesis. One of them was named Og. His bed, we find in Deuteronomy 3, was 13 and a half feet long and six feet wide. That seems rather large. We also read of the Nephilim in Scripture. We read that there were giants in the land, mighty men of old. And I, and I guess this is where we settle on those mighty men of old. Not so much in the sense of a physical stature or fierceness, but in the sense of a spiritual stature and grace that we read of men and women in Scripture who did great exploits. But I don't believe they're confined to the 66 books of the Bible. I believe each generation has its giants. 
those who serve their own generation and those to come. I know my generation, we had giants. Once there were giants in my generation, I look up to them still to this day. I, If I was to describe in my own life, looking back and seeing some of the giants in my life, I, I'm humbled by the people that God placed in my way. Of course, my parents and grandparents and family, but the Lord also intersects people in our lives. I think of Sister Lindsay, who encouraged me as a child before I could read to memorize the books of the Bible and said, someday again, you're going to need this. Or Sister Rice in Sunday school, who had that infectious grin and made church the place to be every Sunday morning. Then Sister Kilgore, who taught me to immerse myself in teaching and to seek for jewels amidst the rubble. You, you may not know those women, but they were, they were simply those who volunteered to work. They were giants. Once there were giants. You see, to a child, everybody's a giant. There's friendly giants. There's unfriendly giants. They're either your helpers, your hinderers. And God put both of those in my life. And I'm thankful for them. Yet the ones who smiled when they spoke of Jesus and the ones who remember your name and the ones who seemed disappointed if you didn't show up, they were the uncommon, common giants in those days. I believe this generation, we need our giants, giants who go further, see farther, and who've experienced more in the reality of loving Jesus with all their hearts. Giants in word and spirit, grace and truth, love and holiness, passion and spirituality, sincerity, humor, sobriety, joyfulness, giants. Giants who know no limits when it comes to reaching, to teaching, to mentoring. I I recommended a book for many, many years to young ministers, and I suspected when I read the book that there was probably an ugly, deep wound and scar behind it all. And I discovered years later that there was. But I recommend the book now even more than ever. It's called Ordering Your Private World by Gordon MacDonald. It's basically a self-diagnosis of a complete moral collapse. Why and how did the man fail and what could have been done to prevent it? Years later, MacDonald would tell what happened to prompt the book. And he described how a giant in his life, an elder, came to him and helped him and his wife through this. Here, here's how he described the giant in his life. I quote, he was there when many years later, my life fell apart because of a failure for which I was totally responsible. In our worst moments of shame and humiliation, he came. He lived in our home for a week and he helped us do a searing examination of our lives. And we will always remember his words. You are both momentarily in a great darkness and you have a choice to make. You can, as do so many, deny this terrible pain or blame it on others or maybe even run away from it. Or you can embrace this pain together and let it do its purifying work as you hear the things God means to whisper into your hearts during this process. He went on to tell Gordon and his wife, if you choose the latter, I expect you'll have an adventurous future 
modeling what true repentance and genuine grace is all about. Had it not been for a giant, we would not have had that book and the man who writes on gaining control of the inner man. This generation needs giants, giants of wisdom and understanding and kindness and firmness and strength. Where are those giants today? I believe this generation and the need of this generation, it's calling for them, calling for people to care, calling for those who ordinarily would not to get involved, calling for them to give like never before, to give ourselves in prayer, to give ourselves in time, and to give ourselves in commitment to be, to be a giant to this generation. You know, once there were giants, we had them. But today, you, hey, Morning Devotion Group, Vicki, Jenny, Zane, you, you are someone's giant. You don't have to whittle everybody down to size to be a giant. If the foundations be destroyed, then where are the righteous going to be? No, you just be who God wants you to be and expects you to be. Or as Paul said in Ephesians 4.13, we need to become pure and mature and attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. As we grow, as we lay aside the hurts of yesteryear, and as we plumb into the nature and character of our great Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ, as His Spirit fills us, changes us, transforms us, conforms us to the image of our Lord, we are becoming someone's giant. In a sense, we're like that huge rock in the desert sands. In the shadow of that rock, wildlife emerges. Because today's giant performs a service in the shifting sands of time that others can't provide for themselves. Today's giant will arrest the drift and will create stability. I I just believe, I believe that I'm talking in this MD family in this MD 2021 family, that you, you are the strength of someone's life. That from you, you will arrest the drift. You will bring life to a wilderness, peace into a home, love back into a marriage. There were giants in our days. We live in the shadows of those giants, but we need to further and extend those shadows. It's Moses telling Joshua, be strong and of good courage. It's Paul telling Timothy, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. It's Elizabeth greeting the younger Mary saying, blessed are you amongst all women. It's Jacob calling each and every one of his 12 sons and blessing them. It's David and Bathsheba crowning their son Solomon king. It's you and me seeing into the future to become the giant God intends us to be. My my mentors in ministry are gone. The one who taught, taught me the importance of writing, he's gone. The one who taught me to give like there's no tomorrow, he's gone. The one who metaphorically held me on their shoulders and asked, what do you see, Ken? They're gone. They've all slipped across that great divide. And I miss them. I miss them so very, very bad. I lost my last mentor three years ago. He was a man who adapted so well to changing time. He took to Twitter 
as an elder like Duck to Water, his one-liners, his pearls of wisdom are quoted again and again. You may choose your dreams, but your dreams choose your future. He once said experience. That's what God gave you when you didn't get what you wanted. Oh, my. He said promotion comes from your enemies. Trials comes from your friends. He once said it's easy to keep the rules, but it's not easy to build relationships. You can stay happily married if all you have is rules. You can't stay happily married if all you have is rules. If you got a chip on your shoulders because there's a block higher up, you remember some of these. I'd rather deal with a man with the wrong doctrine and the right spirit than a man with the right doctrine and the wrong spirit. Oh, my. Oh, my. He, he said, if a man has a right spirit, we can get his doctrine right. John said, try the spirits and watch what happens. He, he also said our self-righteousness will only get us the best seat in hell. Paul said in the early part of his ministry that he was the least of the apostles. Later, he said, I'm the least of the saints. In the latter part of his life, he called himself the chief of all sinners. Jesus started his ministry by turning water into wine. He ended his ministry with a basin of water and a towel. He started with the miraculous, ended with the mundane. Yeah, this is the this is the last ministry I lo- mentor and ministry I lost. His wit, his charm, his wisdom, his insight, and of course I'm talking about Brother T. F. Tinney. Brother Tinney. He and I were not close for many years of my ministry. I don't know what it was. Well, I really do. He told me later. But he he drew close to me. He extended that shadow of his life over me. We talked about a gift that we both shared, a gift that he had a tremendous insight in, and I didn't. God knew, and I needed his insights. He didn't so much share with me. He poured into me, and I treasured him. I treasured his words, treasure his family to this day. He discovered he discovered a passion I had in missions, not not in Europe, not in Africa, not in Central and South America. All those, they're all precious in God's sight. But I have long had a burden for the Indian subcontinent. More than that, we shared the same burden for the city, same city of Calcutta. It was three years ago today. Three years ago on Memorial Day, I was getting in my truck outside in Austin. It was a hot day for May. I'd planned to cool the vehicle down before the family headed to eat some barbecue on this holiday. But my phone rang and it was Brother Tenney. And I was so shocked. I knew Brother Tenney was not long for the world. And indeed, that same week, he passed from us. He called my name and I listened to that voice one last time. It's a giant in my life. And he began to speak over me. When Tessie came to the truck, she realized who it was as she started crying. She sat with me and we listened to him for a few minutes. Then she had the presence of mind to pull out her phone and to record the final few minutes of the conversation. Of this giant doing what this giant had done so often. 
speak over lives, speak life into life, and speak into me. Once there were giants. There were giants in those days. And I can't think of a better day to remember them and to draw strength from them and say, it's time for today's giants to arrive. Can I speak to you? Can I speak to you today as a spiritual father? Can I speak to you as a voice from behind calling this is the way walk unit? Can I tell the MD family right now that your life is never going to be what it should be until you grasp the fact that you are someone's giant? Until you release the petulance, the insecurity, the anxiety, and lay hold upon the ideal God has for your life, the man and woman you're becoming. A call is going out for giants on this Memorial Day, and God is waiting. The world is waiting. The next generation is waiting for me, for you, to rise up and say we will be used of God. Don't let it be said just once there were giants in the land. Let it be said today, this Memorial Day, this pivotal day, today there are giants in the land. God bless you, David, Yved, Agnes. God bless each and every one of you. I pray, I pray that you have a meaningful Memorial Day. If you go and visit a grave of a fallen loved one, lift their name, lift their name as a giant in the land. And purpose, I will draw strength and I will be a giant to my generation. God bless you. Thank you. Remember our memorial wall today. If you want to honor, you have a few more moments to add something to this live devotion. Put a name of someone who was a giant in your life. Take a moment and say, this person was a giant. This person was a giant. And if they're still alive, why don't you reach out to them today? A text, a phone call, an email, and just say, I'm just thinking of you today. You mean the world to me. Take a moment and let's remember. Because this Memorial Day, we remember. God bless you. Thank you for being a part of this. Look forward to seeing you again Thank you for listening to Morning Devotion with Ken Gurley. Join us next time for another inspiring devotion. To support this ministry, please visit firstchurch.com forward slash give.